Welcome to the Faculty Circle, Wellness Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Arcady. I'm an assistant professor at California State University of San Bernardino. This podcast was created to provide faculty the space to hear topics that impact our mental wellness. We're all in this together. This circle is a community resource for university faculty. In this informational circle, we will discuss topics that impact us, addressing one of the five domains of wellness, professional, spiritual, physical, psychological, and or emotional. In this sharing circle, we're going to review strategies and techniques that you can use that will ensure and enhance your mental wellness. I will be interviewing various faculty members from different universities and picking their brains on what they found to be helpful and beneficial. In this supportive circle, there is no shaming, blaming, only reframing and motivating you towards wellness. Welcome to the circle. Let's talk. Welcome to the circle. Let's talk. I'm so glad that you stopped by again so that we can discuss and hear some important topics that are all centered around your wellness. Well, I do want to let you know you are in for a treat. What we're going to talk about today is can you juggle it all? Is that possible? I have a very special guest here today with me that's definitely going to address these areas of can we juggle it all? And when I say can we juggle it all, Can you juggle service, scholarship, teaching load, and your wellness? Well, we're going to find out if you actually can do that or not. And for those of you, if this is your first time listening in to this podcast show, right, faculty wellness is very important, and that is what we are talking about. I am Dr. Nicole Arcady, and I am here to address those topic areas that we often don't even talk about that we often may keep quiet because we may feel as if we are the only ones struggling with this. And I don't want anyone else to know how I am struggling, how something may be affecting me while I am sitting here in silence and I am suffering. And so this is supposed to be a circle where we come together, wrap around one another as faculty to assist one another, ensuring that we have our wellness. So I, without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce our very special guest, Dr. Alan Lipscomb. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Lipscomb. But let me tell you first about who he is. Well, Alan Lipscomb, doctor, I'm sorry, I'm going to make sure I say that. He is a licensed clinical social worker and a psychologist. He is an associate professor and director of online and offsite MSW programs, as well as director of minority male mentoring and student success allies program at California State University in Northridge in the social work department. He's a clinical psychologist by highest degree earned in the state of California. He received his doctorate in psychology with clinical emphasis in marriage and family and child psychotherapy from Roken College and his master's of social work, his MSW, from the University of Southern California. He specializes in providing anti-oppressive and inclusive mental health services to individuals, children, youth, and families of colors. His areas of research are centered on psychiatric epidemiology among racialized and marginalized individuals who have experienced trauma, that is, complex trauma, traumatic grief, and race-based trauma. 
Specifically, Dr. Lipscomb has conducted numerous qualitative research studies on racialized Black identified men across the Black slash African-American dysphoria, exploring their grief, loss, and complex trauma experiences. He has done a lot. He's been a clinical consultant and keynote speaker, numerous peer-reviewed journal articles that centers around Black male grief experiences, and he has published two books, one titled Black Male Grief Reaction to Trauma, a clinical case study of one's man's treatment and bruh approach to therapy. Let me say that again. Bruh, that is B-R-U-H, bruh approach to therapy. B-A-T, those are the acronyms, and other related services all to promote healing of traumatic grief among African-American men and youth, a clinical base, a clinical practice guide and workbook, honoring base practice approach. I mean, his degrees, his education, his acronyms goes on and on, the courses he has taught. I mean, if, if, if you do not know who Dr. Alan Lipscomb is, please just Google him. His publications go on and on. I, I, I make sure not to compare myself to him because he has a lot of peer-reviewed, scholar-reviewed articles, publication, book chapters, and I know he's working on some other hosts of things. So without further ado, let us go ahead and welcome Dr. Alan Lipscomb to the circle. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, family. I am honored and excited to be here. I love it. I love the energy. It's It's such a vibe. And I'm just excited to be in community with you and to talk today with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for accepting the uh, the welcoming, or I should say the, um, not application, what is that called? The invitation, that's the word. Thank you for accepting the <laughs> invitation. Well, I definitely want to just dive, you know, right into this topic. Can we juggle it all? Like, as I talked about, this is my first year, so my second semester, as an assistant professor. And so there are a lot of requirements that I have to meet. And service is one of them. Teaching load, right? Being able to teach and how I'm getting reviewed by my students. And then also that scholarship and publications, you know, that's a lot. How do I deal with that? And you're telling me I still have to maintain my sanity. I still have to make sure that I'm well, healthy and whole to be able to do all of those things, but also be good for my family and for mm -hmm. myself. That part, yeah. You know, to, to answer the question, no, you cannot do it without a plan. Oh, uh, okay. If you step into this, and this I mean academia, uh -huh. and you don't come up with a plan, especially within that first year, okay. um, you will burn out because okay. it's so much that's expected for you. You uh -huh. hit the ground running from the moment you start as an uh, assistant professor uh -huh. on the tenure line. And so if you don't come up with some type of plan to balance your teaching, your service, your yes. research and your wellness, you are not gonna be able to sustain this trajectory. Mm. I wanna pause for a second and just highlight what you just said. You have to come up with a plan. There's this quote that says, those who, play, those who fail to plan, wait, I'm going to say it wrong. Those who fail to plan, won't plan? I can't remember it. It's a certain quote, but <laughs> basically you. you get the gist is, if you fail to plan, you're not going to be successful. If you know that quote, please email me that at nicole.arcady at csusb.edu, right? But it's making sure that you are coming up with the plan. And, and I will say, that Alan has been very instrumental in mentoring me 
and mm-hmm. making sure to address things before I even stepped into this role. So I do want to thank you for that and then publicly give you that you know, announcement and that just that um, credit for doing that. And so I did, you know, during the summertime, I was working before I even took the position on what things I needed to do. And you did tell me what's going to be your plan as far as research and scholarship. And you made me think about that. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that becomes important as you step into uh, a tenure line position, specifically at an uh, institution like yours and mine's, which mm-hmm. is uh, a CSU teaching institutions, right? Primarily. Yes. And so I knew going into my tenure track position because I had experience, a teaching experience prior to that, I knew I was great at my teaching. Okay. Right. I knew I was effective. I knew I was good. I knew that wasn't going to be the extra challenge for uh-huh. me to make sure my teaching was effective because it was already effective based on the feedback, based uh-huh. on my mentor rela- mentoring relationships that I've had, et cetera. So that's one. Recognize where you need to get additional support and scaffolding and bolstering your skills. And uh-huh. for me, it was research and um, publications. Okay. And so I had about three or four prior to starting and coming on as as tenure line. And then of course I had my dissertation and then I was a research assistant prior to that. So I knew that I had to come up with a plan to really enhance my research and my publication and scholarship. Okay, so when you say come up with the plan, can you break that down and what exactly you mean by that? Absolutely, so it starts with looking at what is my research agenda? Right. So what do I want to do over the next three, four, five years? Okay, expanding on my dissertation is usually where we go when we start on a tenure track line, specifically when we come right out of our doctoral programs into a tenure track position. So I was very intentional about, okay, what do I want to do next with my dissertation to expand that, to build upon that? So that was one. Uh Two. I had to look at my teaching load and come up with a research schedule. Teaching Mm -hmm. schedule, fall, spring. I knew that. I needed to come up with a research schedule. What I mean by that, when do I submit? Best time to submit to IRB to ensure that 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 goes through, right? And I have Mm -hmm. time to devote to that. And then also, when do I have time to write? So my plan was this. Mm -hmm. Fall, spring, devote to teaching. Okay. Winter, summer, don't teach, devote to research and writing, right? And so I knew that I had to come up with a schedule and a plan that worked best for me. Another piece around this for me, and this is how I balance that wellness, is Monday through Friday, I devote to teaching, service, all of that, right? Uh Weekends, I devote to my wellness and my family. Right. I have to carve out that time for self. Okay. Specifically, I even have my my Monday through Friday kind of uh, uh, scheduled out. So Tuesdays and Thursdays is my teaching days. Okay. So Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, teaching days, Mm -hmm. teaching days, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are my consultation, my trainings, my writing, my uh, modifying um, peer review uh, journals that I've submitted to and articles when I get feedback, those are the days that I devote to that. And then also service. So if I'm if I'm on a, a particular committee at the university, one of the reasons why I won't join 
a committee is if it conflicts with my schedule. So you have to have a schedule okay. in your head, right? So okay. if they're asking me to do something on a Tuesday, Thursday, if that committee meets on Tuesday, Thursday, and I know I teach on Tuesday, Thursdays, that's not going to be a day that I'm going to commit to doing a particular service, if that makes okay. sense. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I heard something you said is to one, be intentional, Right. You got to be intentional mm -hmm. with what you're going to do. And then, two, you got to sit down and look at your schedule to see what is going to work for you. And you got to stick with it. I mean, I know you didn't say that, but I heard that it was implied. You come you up did. with a system that works for you and stick with it. So that means you have to protect your time. So if someone like as you gave the example, if your time that you're going to devote to writing or teaching or certain time frames in a committee or something comes and during that time, you have to protect your own time that you've set aside that and part. recognize that you're important and your time is valuable and what your agenda that you set for yourself is just as important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. you, you have to be consistent with your own schedule. And that's mm -hmm. part of wellness because part of ha uh, uh, devoting and making sure you're balancing wellness is having effective boundaries. And honoring Ooh, your effective boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. You, you have to. That, that, that's a must, you know? And so that's key. Another thing that helps with balancing teaching, research, and service mm -hmm. is I try to select service that's in alignment with my reaching, which my research and my teaching ethos and pedagogy. Ooh. Okay. Right? So what does that do? So if you if you get something that's in alignment, how does that assist you? So it, it helps, one, because I'm passionate about it, right? So as you were sharing in my introduction, I do a lot of work around Black male grief. I look at uh, anti-racist and anti-oppressive practices, mm -hmm. justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. So if I find service that's in alignment with that, then that is something that not only does it enhance and, and, and pour back into me because it's something I'm passionate about, mm -hmm. I could ultimately use some of that experience with my writing, I can use that experience in, in the research that I do okay. in conversations and in, in presentations in the community. I like so that. I, I think about service. Is it going to enhance the work that I'm already doing? And is it going to be in alignment with my passion? My passion around my research, my passion around uh, my teaching pedagogy, right? Student-centered teaching. Uh, equity-minded teaching. So I, I don't mind being on a committee that's um, around equity, around justice. For example, I am the faculty equity and compliance rep within my wow. college. Okay. Faculty equity and compliance rep. So basically my role is to review all of the college's job announcements. That's uh -huh. one. Two, to ensure that there is consistency around the questions that's being asked how folks are recruiting to diversify okay. and be as inclusive as possible. So okay. I review all of their hiring packets, if you will, mm -hmm. before they start their actual um, search okay. for faculty. Okay. So, so I mean, I like, what you, I like what you said, identifying, is it in alignment, right? With what you're already doing, with your teaching, right? With your research focus, um, is it going to enhance the work that you're already doing? When you said that, the, th the thing that came to mind was work smarter, not harder. Right? Being able to, as I say, kill two birds with one stone. So if you do those things, what I'm hearing from you, staying focused on the, in your area, like stay in your lane. Right. Do those things that are aligned with what you're passionate about. And if it's still going to line up 
with your research, right? You're teaching all of those aspects so that you're not doing so many other things and and stretch so thin with all these different categories and topics that you're not able to get one thing completed or you feel, as I call, scatterbrained because you're all over the place. Yes, absolutely. And you have to be okay with saying no. Because there are a lot of opportunity as far as service goes at the department level, at the college level, university level that I get offered. But not everything works for me as far as time. And that goes back to that balance, right? So while projects might be in alignment and might sound very good, I don't have the time to devote to this service committee, this committee, that committee. So I want to be mindful Mm -hmm. of how much I'm taking on so that I can still balance research teaching and wellness as well too. And one of the other things that's important for me to mention too, as a black male uh, faculty member, Mm -hmm. oftentimes because they don't have representation across the university, I get taxed with, you know, being asked to serve on many committees. And so also being mindful of that too, and not overly extending myself because, you know, wanting to um, ensure that there's a voice being represented based Mm -hmm. on who I am positionality wise and and social location. Yeah. I mean, you just dropped a lot of nuggets on here and I just want to just kind of, you know, clarify and just uh, go over some things that you mentioned. One is being mindful of what you're taking on. And that's that's huge. Yes. Being mindful of what you are taking on is very, very important. And making sure that you're not overly extending yourself. Absolutely. Is something, right. Because as you mentioned, if you are the only, you know, or, or limited few, right, person of color in your department, uh, in your case, African-American, black male, then you definitely will get asked to sit on committees and do all the different activities and things that come up that may be in alignment, but you have to look out, wait a minute, do I have the time for that? I need yes. to balance that. As you said, it's okay saying no. And that's something that oftentimes, particularly if you're a new faculty member, you may struggle with. You may struggle, oh, I don't want them to think that I'm not a team player or I don't want this to look negatively on me. And then you may take on all of these things that may not be in alignment or they may be in alignment, but it's not a proper balance because you just don't have the time. True, true, true. You know, it is okay to do your teaching service and research in rotation. And what I mean by that is this year, let's say I am starting off on a tenure track position, and I want to make sure that I am really nailing it with my teaching. Uh So this first year, I'm going to focus on really doing my preps, right, for the courses that I'm teaching and and executing that. Uh Next year, I'm going to focus on enhancing my service, right? The following year, Uh I'm going to focus on uh, maybe expanding service outside of my department um, and or now that I've gotten... a a good kind of solid foundation of my research agenda and starting that. Now I'm going to look at some external funding. So Mm -hmm. it's okay to rotate so that you don't have to do everything all at once, all out. Oh, thank you for that. I mean, that just, I don't know about anyone else, but that just helped me out. I I mean, I thank you for that. You said rotating the task. I'm like doing those stair steps. So this year, you know, I'm taking that first step. I may I need to choose an area that I'm going to focus on. And that area may be my teaching. 
How am I going to enhance? What are some things I want to do to engage my teaching, nice. my students, right? Then that next step may be next year, and I'm going to focus more on my service. How am I getting out into the community? Am I, what am I doing, right? And then the next step, right, that third step, as that can be that third year, I'm focusing on, okay, my scholarship and all these different aspects. It's just a matter of when you're, when I heard you talking, it's like you have a plate of food and you have different items on your food. We don't just shove everything in our mouth all at the same time. Mm -hmm. We eat things periodically, right? So I may pick up the mashed potatoes and eat that, some of that. And then when I'm ready, I'm going to eat my meat, right? And then I'm going to eat my vegetables last. You know, you're supposed to eat them first, but I like them last, (laughs) right? So I get to choose, but I got to be intentional. I'm going to go back to that word you said. I have to be intentional about what my plan is and what do I want to focus on this year so that I don't overwhelm myself. That part, that part. Your your service, your teaching, your research, BMP, BMP. Mm. It mm. should show that you're building and you are progressing. Ooh. If you do everything at once at the beginning, where's the progression? Mm. Where's the building? Right. How are you enhancing? How are you growing? How are you evolving? So you want to show that and demonstrate that, especially during the time that you're working towards um, tenure. Oh, thank you for that. B and P, boy and Paul, building and progressing. Right. Oh, thank you for that, because you're right. You know, the thing that I thought about, too, is if you're trying to take on everything at once, you get burned out too quickly. Right. You lit that fire underneath and you're like, you fuzz out, right? Fizzle out. So it's being intentional and recognizing that this is not a sprint. It's a marathon or it's a long distance race. Right. We're not running the hundred yard dash or the hundred meter dash. Right. It's knowing that we're in this in this race. Right. And we have a certain amount of time and we have six years. So sitting down, being intentional of how I want to map out my six year plan. And what do I want to do each year can make it more effective and it makes it more manageable, right? Than taking on and trying to take on everything at once. Absolutely. It's about sustaining and maintaining. Oh, yes. Sustaining and maintaining. That's how you stand the test of times is are you able to sustain and maintain? And what I mean by that more specifically is your own wellness and mental health. Are you Mm. taking breaks? Are you stepping away from the work? You know, I had a gap this morning, uh, a break between what I had in in the early Uh a.m. and then meeting with you for the the podcast today. Uh And so I told myself you could do something else related to the work or you can step away. Mm. I stepped away. I took a walk with my dog. I then ran some errands and then came back. So I have to give myself permission so that I can Mm. sustain this. I have to step away from this. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Give yourself permission to take a break. So in order for you to maintain and sustain, because we're not going to be able to, you know, function on all cylinders burning at one time. You can only do that for so long. It's not sustainable. Right. And so to ensure that we are taking care of our wellness, we have to make sure we give ourselves permission to take those needed breaks when it's needed, because that's going to help with our wellness. That's going to help when we are having realistic expectations of ourselves and when we are setting boundaries with others, letting them know our limits, what we can and cannot do, what we will and will not do, and being okay with that. I mean, this is just, wow, it's, it's been a lot, right? Just great 
bits of information and nuggets that you've been providing us to assure that we're going to have maintain some some wellness, right? Absolutely. I would definitely say, you know, that just with everything that you've you've gone over, I want to make sure that I am basically just wrapping up if, if I were to leave, if you were to leave, you know, three key points with our listeners when we're talking about taking on teaching, doing service and scholarship, but also maintaining your wellness, the three takeaway that you, and we've gone over them, but the three takeaways that you would want to leave the listeners with would be what? One would be, and I'm going to repeat some of the stuff I've said before, Mm -hmm. is really pacing yourself and being intentional. Mm -hmm. Two, remember building and progressing. How are you building? How are you progressing? And then finally, practicing grace and space with yourself. You have to give yourself permission to allow yourself to push back from the work. You have to give yourself permission to to learn and have trial and error because that's how you become more effective at this. If you were to to already know this, right, then where's the growth? Where's the opportunity? So Uh don't be so hard on yourself. Practice grace and space. Allow for that building and progressing and be intentional. I love that. I love that. No, thank you so much. One, two, three. He gave you some great tips, some tools, some strategies that are going to assist you in assuring your wellness, pacing yourself, being intentional, building and progressing, right? Looking at what that looks like. You don't have to eat all the food at once. Practicing grace and space with yourself, telling yourself it's okay. I need a break right now. It's okay to step away. It's okay to realize that, hey, I only can do X, Y, and Z and being kind to yourself when you do it. I love that. That is great. I I wanna thank you so much, Al, Dr. Allen, for coming on and just Thanks really providing. Me. Thank you. I mean, because for those of you who do not know him, Dr. Allen, I mean, he does amazing work within the community. So he is more of, like I mentioned before, a scholar practitioner. He's not only theorizing issues and problems, he's out there doing the work, providing interventions, addressing ways to um, help find solutions, right, to those areas of trouble and problems. And so he does a lot of community work. He does, I mean, still, if you, like I said, if you read all, if you read his bio and you read all of his different publications that he does, and he has a beautiful family. He takes vacations. He enjoys himself. He teaches well. So he's doing a lot of the things that we're talking about. And he's given us the tips and the tools on how he has been able to be effective and successful to maintain his sanity with a smile on his face. You can't see his face right down, right? But he looks well. <laughs> he doesn't look beat down. He doesn't look like he's about to pass out. As someone said, he doesn't look like the walking dead, right? He's very vibrant. And he does all of these things because of the tools that he has just provided, the strategies that he has mentioned, and he makes sure that he puts his wellness first because he recognizes that his wellness matters too. And so thank you, thank you again, um, Dr. Allen, for coming on, taking the time out of your schedule to just address some key areas of wellness, right? You address, we talk about the five domains of wellness, 
And I mean, you address the professional wellness. You talked about more of the emotional, psychological part of wellness. You even put in a little bit of the physical because the physical is taking breaks, taking step away and doing those things that are going to help you with, with regards to that. So I just want to, I can't say again, thank you. Thank you so much for coming into the circle and sharing these tips and tools with us, jewels on how we can make sure we maintain our wellness. Thank you for having me. Honor. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone, it's that time again to say goodbye to all my faculty friends. And this has been another episode of the Faculty Circle Wellness Matters. I hope that you were able to gain some insights, some information, some tools, some strategies on things that you can do to ensure your wellness, because that's what it's all about. We are all in this together, one unto another. Remember, there is no shaming, no blaming, only reframing and motivating you towards wellness. So thank you once again for stepping into the circle, taking this time to ensure your own wellness and that you are going to be able to do the things that need to be done. So we have talked today about can you juggle it all? And we found out that there is a specific way you need to ensure you're able to manage the different tasks that you have. So thanks for spending time in the circle. Remember, we're all in this together and your wellness matters too. This is Dr. Nicole L. Arcady, your mental wellness fellow.